What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies Cocaine Bear and Breaking. First, let's talk about Cocaine Bear. Here's a quick synopsis. When a shipment of cocaine is accidentally left in the woods, it gets eaten by a massive bear who then proceeds to go wild and look for more of it. The film stars Carrie Russell, Alden Enright, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Christian Convery, Brooklyn Prince, Margot Martindale, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and Ray Liotta. Standout performances. Alden Enright was on his way to superstardom. He had been working with great filmmakers. Francis Ford Coppola, Warren Beatty, and the Coen brothers. And then the actor won the job of playing young Han Solo in the standalone Star Wars movie Solo. And what happened with that movie was controversy after controversy. First, the directors Phil Lord and Chris Miller were fired and replaced by Ron Howard. And then when it came to the box office, it was not the hit many expected it to be. There were also rumors that Disney paid for Enright to have an acting coach on set because they were displeased by his work on the movie. Cocaine Bear is his first movie since Solo and for me is a reminder that Alden Enright is a guy capable of being a movie star and he's also really funny. My favorite performance of his is in the Coen Brothers film Hail Caesar. I especially love his scenes with Ray Fiennes. In Cocaine Bear he is playing a man who has recently lost his wife and given up a life of crime and his father played by the late Ray Liotta has recruited him to retreat the lost cocaine, Alden Enright is the best part of this movie. His performance tells me he understands what movie he's in. He knows he's in a movie with the title Cocaine Bear. Enright has some big movies on the way. He's going to appear in Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer, the thriller Fair Play, and is going to star in the Marvel Disney Plus series Ironheart. The director of Cocaine Bear is Elizabeth Banks, who is best known for her work as an actress in the comedies, the 40-year-old version, role models, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, the Hunger Games Pitch Perfect. My personal favorite is a little movie called Love and Mercy, a film about Beach Boy frontman Brian Wilson. I think it's in that movie that Banks gives her absolute best performance. Banks has previously directed Pitch Perfect 2 and the recent reboot of Charlie's Angels, a movie that I thought was fun but flawed, and it did not do very well at the box office. Cocaine Bear is far and away the best film Elizabeth Banks has directed. And that's not to say it's perfect because it isn't. And the biggest issue most people have had with the movie is its unwillingness to commit to a specific genre or tone. Does Cocaine Bear want to be an absurd comedy or a gory horror film? And ultimately, the movie tries to balance both things Personally, I wanted this movie to be funnier and lean more into the unbelievable elements of the story. Another critique I have is its lack of focus on one character. I feel like this is a movie that needed a main character who we spend the majority of the movie with, and it should have been Alden Enright. I think the movie thinks it's Carrie Russell, and I love Carrie Russell. She's been doing great work for so many years. She is not that good in this movie. She's just there. She's just a presence. 
reason. She's just there for star power. She's not giving an unbelievable performance. And I think this movie needed a leading character that fans invest in. And I think that could have been Alden Enreich. A lot of people have compared Cocaine Bear to Snakes on a Plane. Well, Snakes on a Plane had Samuel L. Jackson, a movie star, as the face of the movie. That's why people saw that movie. That's why there are some people out there who think Snakes on a Plane is a better movie than Cocaine Bear. That movie had star power. I think this movie needed star power. It needed a leading person at the front of it. And it wasn't Carrie Russell because she wasn't given that much to do. And I think Carrie Russell could have been given more to do. I wish that that role was more comedic. It's okay to have a movie when separate storylines come together, but these storylines don't fit in the same movie. That's the problem with Cocaine Bear. All of them could have been their own movie, but when they come together, they have to feel like they are in the same movie. When Alden Enreich and his storyline was coming together with Carrie Russell's plot, it didn't work. That's what this movie needed. It needed it to make sense why these stories are coming together, and it never really worked in that way. It was a fun movie. It's an entertaining movie. I think the stuff with the bear really did work. I think it was fun. I think it was shocking. I think it was everything that this movie wanted it to be. Everything with the bear worked. It was the character development for me that was the flaw of this movie. And the one character that they really developed into something interesting was the one played by Alden Enreich. One thing you can't argue with is the box office success of Cocaine Bear. The movie made $28 million in its first weekend at the box office. It exceeded expectations. I think people want movies to be fun. I don't think every movie needs to be meaningful, and I don't think every movie needs to build to the next movie. This is a one-time event. You're going to watch Cocaine Bear. You're going to have a good time. It's not going to be a movie you revisit over and over again. I will probably never watch the movie Cocaine Bear again, but the movie did exactly what I needed it to do. Now, did I have some big expectations when I first heard of this movie? Yes. And when the cast was coming together, I was expecting this movie to be better. I was expecting more from Carrie Russell. I was expecting more from this star cast. But I didn't get that, but I was still given something that was fun, entertaining, and overall a good time. Again, I go back to this movie's biggest issue being that the storylines don't connect, and I think one of the ways you could have connected them is to have voiceover narration to tell us what's going on and how these stories are going to come together. Like, I just think there needed to be more of a connecting dot because when the two storylines come together, it doesn't work. That's when the movie falls apart. They work on their own in certain ways. Like, I thought the kids with Carrie Russell were good and I thought Alden Enreich's plot was very good. But when they come together, that's when the movie becomes a mess and that's when it becomes less fun. And I know many have people have taken issue with the plot of the movie. I think some of the plot works better than I thought it was going to. There's a twist that's really good. Some of the plot lines really work and then some of them miss. That's why a movie like this is confusing to review and rate because some of it really does work and overall I think it does work but it's not as good as it should have been and I think those both things can be true. I think this movie can be fun and entertaining and good and it can be a bit of a mess and I think what saves the movie overall is its runtime. It 
it's only an hour and a half. If this movie was two or two and a half hours, it would not have been able to sustain itself. So I think I could give the filmmakers, the writer, and everyone credit that they didn't try to overdo the movie. They knew exactly what they had, and they went for it, and they went max effort. And I think overall, I view the movie as a success. But we'll admit, I think it was funner to think about what Cocaine Bear was going to be than actually watching the movie. And I get it. It's a movie called Cocaine Bear, so our imaginations went wild about what this movie could be. And you could say that about a lot of movies. We're always thinking about what a movie could be. Like right now, I'm thinking about what Oppenheimer is going to be. And with Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer is probably going to exceed my expectations. Cocaine Bear did not do that, and I think that's okay. I think Cocaine Bear did exactly what it should have done and exactly what we all should have thought it was going to do. Just be fun and entertaining and not a game-changing movie. This wasn't a game-changing movie. This was just a good time at the movie theaters. Cocaine Bear is one of the last movies for the late great Ray Liotta, and in honor of him, here are my five favorite Ray Liotta performances. Number five, Noah Baumbach's Marriage Story, where Liotta plays a sleazy divorce lawyer. He is the underrated part of this movie. I love this movie. I love the free divorce lawyers, played by Alan Alda, Laura Dern, who went on to win the Oscar, and Ray Liotta. I thought those three were the second best part of this movie, other than Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Number four, The Place Beyond the Pines. In this film, Liotta plays a sleazy cop who's trying to take money that isn't his, and he's going against Bradley Cooper. This is such an underrated film over the years. I love everything about this movie, and Liotta is one of my favorite things about it. He is the perfect choice to play this kind of dark character who is acting like he is a good guy, but is indeed a bad guy. Number three, Field of Dreams, where Liotta plays legendary baseball player Joe Jackson, who is infamously banned from the sport along with other members of the Black Sox. I love all of Leota's interactions with Kevin Costner. Other actors have played Shoeless Joe, but nobody did it better than Ray Liotta. My number two is probably most people's number one. It's Goodfellas, where Leota plays Henry Hill. It's maddening he never showed up in another Martin Scorsese movie. All of his scenes with De Niro and especially Pesci are iconic, and he gets you to like this pretty despicable guy. I think we're all in agreement Leota should have been nominated for an Oscar for his performance in Goodfellas. Number one, this might be a controversial pick. It's James Mangold's Copland. Everyone in this movie is terrific. You have Sly Stallone, Robert De Niro, Harvey Keitel, and Leota, who perfectly fits the tone of this movie. And I like this character for Leota because he's kind of playing that sleazy cop character who is sick and tired of being a sleazy cop. I think it's more of an admirable character. He wants to change his ways. He wants to change his life. It's the opposite of the other kinds of characters he plays. Usually he's playing a good guy who turns into a bad guy. In this movie he's playing kind of a bad guy who wants to be a good guy. There are many other movies I could have picked but those are my top five. Again here's the top five. Number five Marriage Story. Number four The Place Beyond the Pines. Number three Field of Dreams. Number two Goodfellas and number one Copland. Overall getting back to Cocaine Bear it's a fun and entertaining film, nothing more, nothing less, and in the end, that's okay. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Breaking. Here's a quick synopsis. Veteran Marine Brian Brown Beasley holds two bank clerks hostage in order to get the money that the 
Department of Veteran Affairs owes him. The film stars John Boyega, Nicole Bahari, Salinas Leva, Michael Kenneth Williams, Jeffrey Donovan, and Connie Britton standout performances. John Boyega is best known for playing Finn, a stormtrooper turned good guy in the Star Wars sequel trilogy, but in between and since, he's proven himself a terrific dramatic actor in 2017's Detroit, directed by Catherine Bigelow, an episode of Steve McQueen's Small Axe, and now Breaking. And one thing that all three of these projects have in common in them, Boyega is playing a real-life person. In Breaking, he's playing Brian Brown Beasley, who is a sympathetic figure who has made a troubling choice to turn his life around. It's a brilliant, intense performance. This past year, he also had a role in The Woman King with Viola Davis. If all you know John Boyega from is the Star Wars movies, you're missing out. Boyega will next appear in the movie They Cloned Tyrone with Jamie Foxx. Boyega, like Alden Enreich, was handpicked by Star Wars to be one of the future faces of the franchise, and what happened with the Finn character is quite baffling. He's great in The Force Awakens, he had great chemistry with Daisy Ridley, and then in the next two sequels, his arc as a character became more and more of an afterthought. The sequel trilogy had great characters like Finn, but seemingly didn't know what to do with them, story-wise, and it's why Boyega has been outspoken since the sequel trilogy ended, and he has had every right to be upset, because that character should have been given a larger part in the grand scheme of the story. Remember what happened with the original Star Wars movies? After those ended, the actors in them had a hard time getting known for things outside of those movies. I think the exact opposite is happening with the Star Wars sequel trilogy. All of the actors from those movies are known for other things. Adam Driver is known as an Oscar-nominated actor, more so than the guy who played Kylo Ren. I think Daisy Ridley is off to do bigger things than what she did in Star Wars. Oscar Isaac has done way better things than what he did in Star Wars, and John Boyega is proving he's a much better actor than what he did in the Star Wars movies. You can add others to the list. Donald Gleason, I think the list goes on and on. I think the sequel trilogy wasted the amount of talent they had on those movies, and those last two films in particular are not my favorite Star Wars movies. I think they're insanely flawed and don't work well with The Force Awakens, which I think is a perfect Star Wars film. The original stars like Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher were only known for those characters because how iconic those characters became. I don't think the characters in the sequel trilogy have become iconic. As interesting as I think Finn is, as awesome as Rey is, even Kylo Ren, I think he's one of the best Star Wars villains, those characters are not iconic, and I think it's part of the reason why the actors from the sequel trilogy have gone on to do better work and have become known for things outside of Star Wars. I think in the next two years, it will be an afterthought that Alden Enreich once played Han Solo. Or John Boyega played Finn, and one of Boyega's co-stars in Breaking is the late Michael K. Williams, who is best known for his work on the HBO series The Wire. And in Breaking, the film is a showcase of how good his work as an actor is. The minute he enters the movie, he brings new life to it, and the best part of the film is his interactions with John Boyega. Michael K. Williams was the definition of a scene-stealing actor. He also did it in Solo. I mean, every movie I'm talking about connects back to Star Wars. It's a crazy coincidence on this 
week's episode of this podcast. The film Breaking is based on a real life event and I think it's fair to ask this question. What exactly are audiences supposed to get from the movie? Absolutely, you are going to feel sympathy for Brian Brown Beasley and think that this could have been avoided. But socially, what is this movie trying to accomplish? And in the end, I think it's unsure about what to do with complicated issues like PTSD and also delves into the idea that maybe the country doesn't do enough to help out veterans in need. And that idea has been explored before in mainstream movies. Michael Bay's The Rock and Ambulance. This movie is putting a real face to it though. I'm not sure how helpful that is. Listen, I'm clearly somebody who watches a lot of movies. I'm doing a movie podcast. I'm not sure how movies affect social change anymore. I think they did back in the day in the 70s and 80s when more people were watching movies like Breaking. But if a movie like Breaking comes out and nobody really gives it a chance, or I'm not even sure I believe in the message of the movie, then what is impact does the movie have? Is this a movie that's really only about its performances? I think about this all the time when it comes to movies that are dealing with social issues. It's fine that there's great performances in them, but shouldn't they be saying something more about us as a society? Like, what does this movie actually have to say about its touchy subject matter? And I don't like to think about it this way, but is the subject matter just being used to make a good movie? And that's something that kind of upsets me if that's what you're doing here. I don't believe that's what John Boyega is doing, and I don't believe that that's what the filmmaker is doing, but I just don't know what this movie accomplishes when it comes to the subject matter. I think we all know stuff like this is going on. I just don't know how recreating this life event is important in today's world. I'm just not sure about how beneficial making a movie like this really is. Because the people who want to avoid this kind of real life news story is going to avoid seeing this movie in the first place. I don't think that many people who avoid things like this are going to see this movie just because the guy from Star Wars is in it. I think in 10 years ago that would have been the case. I think people used to see maybe movies that made them uncomfortable about real life when they starred movie stars. I just don't think movie stars have that effect anymore and you could also argue how big of a movie star is John Boyega. I know these are big questions and I'm asking them about this kind of movie breaking but I think this is the kind of movie that makes me ask these kind of tough questions. Because overall, the strength of breaking is the performances given by John Boyega and the late great Michael K. Williams. But again, the movie isn't perfect and I have complicated feelings towards the subject matter and I don't have an answer to a pretty big question. Is the movie making a solid social point about an important social issue or is it just emotionally manipulative? And I don't have the answer to that and maybe somebody smarter than me does. I don't know if we need more movies like Breaking or less movies like Breaking. You might ask the question, did I feel this way when Boyega was starring in the movie Detroit? No, because I think that movie was clear in what its message was, that things really haven't changed as much as they should have in that time span. I think that movie is more socially aware of what it's doing. I'm not sure this movie is aware of what it's saying about this individual person. Obviously, we should all have empathy towards the situation, but is it really that empathetic to turn this situation? 
situation into a movie? I know this is a really deep thing to ask on a movie podcast, but I think it's the question that needs to be answered if a movie like this is going to continue to exist. What is the point of the movie? Because if it's to change minds, then the people whose minds you're trying to change are not going to give this movie a chance. I hope I'm wrong and I hope John Boyega's presence in the movie does get a lot of people to watch it. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I highly recommend you check out the movies Cocaine Bear and Breaking. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about the horror film Megan and the satire Triangle of Sadness. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.